Welcome to the Lighthouse Conversations, a podcast featuring entrepreneurs and tastemakers from the world of arts, culture, tech, and of course, food. I'm Hashem Montasser, founder of the Lighthouse. As we continue to explore the arts and culture scene in the region, no conversation will be complete without talking about Asterkal Avenue. It was established in 2008 in the Al-Quz industrial area by Abdelmenam Asterkal and his family and extends over 500,000 square feet. Asterkal Avenue has become a household name in the UAE over the past decade and is known for its cutting-edge programming and architecture innovation. For example, its OMA-designed multidisciplinary space concrete was shortlisted for the Aga Khan Award for Architecture in 2019. The avenue plays a vital role in supporting grassroots culture initiatives. And on any given day, the district is buzzing with its art galleries, artist residencies, and homegrown concepts such as Art Cinema House, Cinema AI. So I'm delighted to share our conversation with Vilma Yorkater, director of El Cercal Avenue, who has been instrumental in the development of the district and its multifaceted programming since her arrival in 2011. Vilma was born and raised in Lithuania and finished her high school in Milwaukee in the U.S., where her sister lived. You know, I used to actually sing in a choir. Many people don't know this. I might regret for I did making not this, know this public. Yes. But we used to travel all across Europe and all over the world to participate in different contests. Um, and, and so there was always interest in this, um, you know, in other cultures, other cities, other places, um, especially when you grew up in, a, in an environment that was transitioning from what used to be Soviet Union um, into this kind of free world economy. Um, that's how I, you know, traveled the world. I then moved to New York. After finishing her business degree in France and working in London, Vilma moved to Dubai in 2011 and started exploring the city's arts and culture scene, which led her to meet the Cercal family. Then I met them. They already had a plan to develop what used to be an old marble factory that belonged to the family to expand um, what already was... Uh, an ecosystem for art galleries uh, in ways. I mean, that movement began or um, was started by a few galleries that were brave enough um, to create a wide cube gallery space with an industrial area of Dubai at the time. Did they um, contact the Sirkel family to get space there? I remember the early galleries, Isabel, I remember was one of the early ones, I believe, Green Art and others. Rouge with Carbon 12 as well. Carbon 12, exactly. So was there, they just went and said, you know what, we'd love to be in that space, or how did that go? How well, actually, that... the very first gallery that opened was the Yam Gallery back in 2008. Right. So Khaled and Hisham were the kind of first ones. And they approached them to open it. Uh, well, actually, it was a real estate agent that in contacted them, and that's how the story began. Because there was always this ambition uh, from El Circle family to for that space to become a space for uh, galleries and creative entities. But I think it it had to be done uh, with patience and um, uh, and then and a long term vision. It was never driven by short termism. You know, I think we understood that we will be growing together with the city of Dubai. And that was okay. Um, and that was always the intent. Uh, and so I think the beginnings were organic as much as, um, uh, as much as there was a vision. 
And, and I think these two coincided to create a completely new paradigm uh, for Dubai and, and the region um, that then evolved now what it's more than 10 years today. And we hope that those attempts will continue and that we will stay relevant for the next 10 years. And when you're thinking about which concepts would join Al-Sirkat, because obviously it has evolved over time, what are the criteria? Because as you said, you started with art galleries, which were the cornerstone, which still are, but now you have F&B concepts, you have cinema, art cinema, you have other concepts as well, design houses, etc. We always, I mean, we always say that we take the risk on the risk takers. And so I think um, it was interesting because I remember when we developed this ideal mix of the kind of community we would like to curate, then the question was, will we actually have these kind of submissions from homegrown entrepreneurs? Because homegrown was a key word for us, you know, and, and most of them were first time entrepreneurs. Correct, uh, so you're taking the risk 90% of, uh, of, of Al-Sirkal's uh, community. So it was really important that who is the founder? Who is the person behind that concept? Who is the entrepreneur? And what is it that they are challenging? Because most of them were quite disruptive for that particular industry that they're in. Um, and, and so, it, you know, we always say that they're the thought leaders um, uh, of particular movements. You know, and is it in fields of literature or film or, um, design or contemporary or art. dance or design or art? It's it's really vast, um, and in most cases, it's you know it overlaps. Uh, I think it transgresses those borders. I think what was interesting for us when we looked, it's not the borders that where they separate, but where they meet, um, and then creating that kind of cohesive community that is. Um, growing through a collective effort uh, was really important for us. In the mid-2000s, most concepts that came to Dubai, whether arts, culture, F&B oriented, were imported. So at the time, Al-Sirkel stood out as a pioneer, as it was one of the first communal spaces in the region focused entirely on homegrown concepts. And today, given its resounding and well-deserved success, Al-Sirkal is engaging over 600,000 visitors annually to their spaces and their programming. I think we can no longer get away with wholesale thinking, right? So uh, we always shied away from, you know, regionalism or kind of reductive bullet points or um, defining ourselves. I think that was the, the, the key difficulty that concepts in the West or the West in general uh, had with us, right? We didn't fit any of their boxes because we were a district as a neighborhood, but we also um, acted as a foundation through giving back to artistic production uh, and supporting artistic practitioners that were locally based. Um, but we also uh, were a content producer. And so where did that place us? And we, we literally developed a completely new paradigm uh, for for the region. And so I think Al-Sirkal, first and foremost, is a content producer, which translates, you know, we stage exhibitions, we produce festivals like Kuzar's Festival. Um, we build content and storylines for different clientele. Um, is, it, uh, is it government? Is it um, luxury clients, for example? 
Um, and we also create cultural destinations. So Al-Zirkalaim being our star destination, uh, but also concrete, also a for co-working space that is part of Can you just explain just for the audience, for those who don't know what concrete is? So concrete is a um, museum-grade exhibition space, uh, but also a place for alternative programming. Within Al-Sirkal. Uh, within Al-Sirkal. Uh, and it became the very first OMA-designed uh, building in the UAE. For those that don't know, it's Office for Metropolitan Architecture, which was founded by Pritzker Award-winning architect uh, Ram Kulhas, oh. who is just opening a show uh, next month, actually, in Guggenheim on countryside. Um, but uh, it was a very important project because it became the first project to be shortlisted for the Aga Khan Award for Architecture for the city of Dubai. Uh, but I think what was important or interesting in that process, it was a design-build project. So um, it was important for us to take responsibility when it comes to the field of architecture as well. Instead of demolishing uh, a space, how can we preserve contemporary structures in a city that is so new and continues to evolve at a rapid pace? Um, and that is really how this project came about. And it was very interesting to see because we involved local, uh, I mean, it stretched the limits of architecture and engineering. And we involved local uh, engineers, manufacturers to make and produce this building here. It was very important for us. Um, and so you had those situations where you had an engineer from Sharjah telling this architect how to do things. So you know, again, these the whole concept, you're coming were, in. Absolutely. It's always, we always look at our locality, at our local infrastructure. How can we work collectively uh, with practitioners, but also manufacturers that are based uh, in the city of Dubai or the UAE um, or the region? I think one of the biggest questions is how do you stay relevant? Um, but I think as Al-Sarkal, we, you know, we never had the finish line. We view ourselves as a process. Um, I think sometimes when you say Al-Sarkal cultural district, that's how sometimes we are being labeled and that's not really who we are. Uh, people right away think or, you know, synonymously compare it to built environment. And, and I think precisely this is how, this is where the problem lies, mm. you know, because we view it as a social structure that continues to evolve and change with the city of Dubai. Um, and, and the responsibility is much bigger because it involves people, it involves their memories, uh, and, and it's community creation, right? So um, we view our efforts as an attempt, as an attempt um, for that one night, is it through film program or exhibitions program, um, to create a sense of belonging for the people that are living in the city and uh, discuss subjects that are important to them. Uh, today. So I think that's a very important concept and we, we talked about this earlier before we came here. You studied urban planning, correct? And sustainable urban development. Sustainable urban development and in one of your interviews again you were talking about um, how urban planning needs to address the sense of belonging. So this is obviously something that kind of spills into your work as well in your career in terms of when you look at Al-Sirkel. Can you walk us a little bit through that? So the reason why I decided to pursue my master's at Oxford while working uh, was because I, I felt these two disciplines, culture and urban governance, uh, were not connected. 
And in many ways, I felt that Al-Sirkalaimni was an urban intervention. Sorry, they were not connected where? Generally speaking, or are you talking in about scholarship, here? but also in practice. Um, I, I think they were, there was a lack of municipal diplomacy for, uh, for a kind of general uh, urban mission. And, um, and so it was interesting for me to learn and understand a little bit more um, as to where the thinking is stemming from. And, um, and certainly sustainability, you know, social sustainability, environmental, economic, are, are key, um, key pillars uh, as to how we stay relevant as, an orga- as organizations going forward. And, and so it was interesting for me to bring those two disciplines together. That was really kind of my mission, I think. Um, and so I, I, I did research on when you brought up sense of belonging as to how cultural spaces, um, what is their role in shaping a sense of belonging in young adults in contexts like Dubai that are fairly transient environments. But, you know, so is New York, so is London, so is Hong Kong and Singapore and so forth. The list goes on. And I think that is kind of um, uh, sometimes uh, some sort of perception of Dubai that it's only Dubai that's transient, but it's all Many of those are transient, absolutely. That are becoming transient and, and been transient, actually. Um, Hence, more need for that sense of belonging, which you're exactly. seeing everywhere. Absolutely, especially amongst young adults, because that's the majority of our population. Especially in Dubai, median age is 33 uh, years of age. But it's also predicted that by 2021, we'll have 87 million from 66 million back in 2017 that will be living in transient environments. You know, I think young people made that decision to almost be placeless to not belong to a particular place. You know, they just move every three to five years. And you address that through the physical space or the programming or both? Um, Well, I looked at it from uh, two perspectives, place identity and sense of community. It was interesting to learn that that sense of attachment to a particular city or that moment of when you feel you're at home arrived with the moment when you found a sense of purpose and you were able to realize your identity in a particular environment. And that was very relevant and important for creative people, for creative young minds um, that felt at home in Al-Sirkel Avenue in the context of Dubai because they were able to realize themselves. Is it through dance? Is it through uh, art or design or many other aspects. And I think some of the key learnings were that sometimes we imagine there is that one wonderful utopian community, but it's actually a sense of communities. So it's this kind of network of many families uh, within Al Circle Avenue and the importance of mentorship uh, that comes from those very founders. So again, just... Um, I think that brings you back to that criteria that you asked at the beginning of this conversation. And, and that's why the kind of founders that lead those movements, the, who are those thought leaders, is so important because they end up shaping a new generation of thinkers. As a cultural district and a space that cultivates homegrown businesses, Al Sirkel has supported many entrepreneurs and watched them grow. So what qualities does Vilma see as a common thread amongst all of them? Perseverance, uh, I think, is key. Um, and faith in their vision or, or, or their particular concept. And I say faith, not belief, 
because it's almost there is some sort of built-in obsession with what they do and no one can distract them from achieving that um and and i think you know that's been remarkable because i worked uh, i remember when we announced the expansion we had about 1000 submissions we selected less than 40 organizations we went through different rounds of selection and i personally would interview uh many, the, many of them and and you know later on they became really good friends um and i think day to day um advisors but also uh, role models in so many ways because what they achieve the journeys that they go through you know i think as a circle when a new model emerges within an industrial area there are changes everywhere in legislation there are changes i mean you're you're just kind of beginning something that is in between right that doesn't exist in the city at that point in time and so uh, there will be changes in policy making there will be changes in um, how you know you set up business in this particular environment and yeah. uh, and in industry itself i mean it became a key pillar for creative economy 100%. in the city of now dubai now al is being the, uh, being chosen as a culture destination for the whole government and i think a lot of this is coming from you guys really leading the way in terms of what you've done over the last decade i mean certainly it's a collective effort and and i think that credit always goes back to our homegrown entrepreneurs that took the risk and that actually envision alcools uh, to be that space because you know as an industrial area i think it was always an in between space then you don't fit any of the boxes and when they come to you so let's say they have an interesting concept and you think this concept has legs and it can really be developed do you guide them because obviously as we all know a successful business is not just a good concept but also in terms of how do you um how do you uh, you know build that business up and make it succeed commercially i think it's always case by case uh, but what is really important why clusters form mm. it's it goes back to the very common demeanor actually which is who is my neighbor and how am i benefiting from being neighbors with you and and this is really the premise of al sarkal because you're surrounded by these kind of thinkers and and these kind of entrepreneurs and minds that challenge the conventional and 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 so certainly we are we liaise in that process and we are quite involved and engaged i mean that's how we put together our programs we produced more than 3000 uh, events uh, cultural events that were free and open for the public of the city and that's how we grew our audience and community over the years um and it's a collective effort so we do things together and you know is it good or bad days we go through them together right so i think that is uh, the essence is community the essence is um it's about people to people it's uh, reflecting this kind of polyphonic um identities of different businesses they're very diverse that are very democratic um within the community of al-sarkal but also beyond i mean a lot of their journeys now go beyond the borders and territory of al-sarkal or even the city of dubai how have you found that they interact with each other so obviously you have all the sort of different entrepreneurs with different dreams um have you guys made a conscious effort to connect them or has that just happened kind of evolved over time that they just connect because they have a common cause so to speak i mean i think it's both Uh, certainly when you join the community 
you're introduced to everyone, but uh, you will always uh, draw different associations with different kinds of characters and, and people. And, and I think they formed those relationships that are so strong, but also it's a support system. So when you have those moments where it's really, really hard and you're about to give up, you have a neighbor that will lift you up. That's been through this. And say, I've been there. You know, I, and, I, and I think that kind of knowledge sharing, uh, being that platform that occurs on day-to-day basis, that is not formalized, it's extremely informal. And we don't have the tendency, we don't want to formalize it. Yeah. Because that's what really enables this community to live. Today in a world where a lot of things have moved online, a lot of things are formal. I mean, how are you thinking about the overall concept of Sirkel? Is that something you feel is exportable in some ways? Or is it defined by the physical space? I think it's defined by the intricacies of situation of that particular locale. Uh, like I was mentioning earlier, because we are content producer, there are certainly areas and territories and spaces where uh, we can be present and we will be present. Um, I think this region is changing, it's growing. Uh, but like you also rightly mentioned, a lot of our young audiences know us through the virtual world. I mean, most of their lives are virtual. Right. So I think we are looking as to how we can expand and develop our digital ecosystems and uh, where we can better communicate and connect uh, with our publics. Um, and many of our publics are, you know, don't know us physically. They only know us virtually. Uh, so and they connect to us from various parts of the world. I mean, that was one of the situations I had recently. I met all our volunteers. We had 50 that participated at Kuz Arts Festival, predominantly between 18 to maybe 25 years of age. And, and so for that particular festival, the last edition just took place a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had 50 volunteers. I met all of them personally. And, you know, quite a few came from Oman or Saudi Arabia to volunteer. And it's, they said it was their first time physically in a circus. But, they know, but they know us virtually. And how do, you, how do you create that sense of belonging that you spoke about also in a virtual way, right? Because that's another challenge. Well, I don't know if it's a challenge or if it's just a way of being today. Um, I think for many young people, they grew up in this environment. So they actually, you know, I think connecting to something physically, they, they have acronyms for that. That's something happened in real life. So I think, uh, I, I think it's a very different um, makeup of our society today. And, and we certainly have to think as to how we stay more engaged. And so we developed platforms like Folio by El Cercal, which is our online um, space for arts and culture through different articles, interviews, podcasts as well, uh, to help us keep that conversation and engagement going. Um, but we are, we are constantly questioning ourselves how we can do that better. And, and we are developing more interactive platforms uh, going forward where young people can really uh, express what they're working on, what they're interested in. Um, and, and so digital realm is, is on the top of our list as El Cercal continues to expand and grow. And we give back through El Cercal Arts Foundation. And the foundation is re relatively new. Well, the work we've been doing uh, has been around for the past decade. 
Right. Um, I but think as, we, a, as an entity. We formalized it last year. So what's the mission statement for the foundation, just for those that are not aware of its work? I mean, really to support research, artistic production and scholarship uh, through residency programs, through research grants, through alternative learning that will formalize itself or manifest itself through um, attempts like colloquia, for example, where uh, hopefully our future research grantees will be able to present their projects. But the key mission is by supporting those practitioners to produce new forms of knowledge. We are not collecting foundation. I mean, the kind of commissions we have um, commissioned previously were always ephemeral. And, and so residency programs were, uh, again, we invite practitioners from all over the world to come and engage with the city of Dubai and, and learn about our context, our history here. Um, it was always the kind of attempts uh, that, that we made as an institution. And, and we've always been quite alternative. Again, not really fitting any of those formalized boxes. Uh, because we never were seeking for validity or correctness. And none of the models that we were uh, developing were invaded by Western subjectivities. I think that was always very important for us, that it is context-specific and that it is in accordance of our situation and for our society and the many publics that we serve. And I say this in plural. Um, because Dubai is very diverse. You know, we have numerous diasporas that made the city their home. And we've always been very cautious of, of that. Well, I think one of the most interesting things to me <clears throat> as somebody that sort of interacts with the space and with your content is that, as you said, I mean, there's no model that fits all. And you are not trying to find a model that fits all. And there's a constant evolution, which... I think is is very much um, aligned with the with the pulse of the city, in a way. It's a continuous remaking. There is no there is no finish line. So we constantly question how I mean how are we changing and how do we adapt, and we just continue to make attempts, but it's a process. Mm. It was never something that is set or static. Um, this is how we always viewed uh, ourselves as al-Sarkal and the kind of commitment that we made. Um, and, and I don't think it's going to change uh, anytime soon. I'm talking a little bit about 2020. What's on the agenda for this year? What kind of programming and other ideas do you have? Well, we have Dubai Expo year something that I think we've been anticipating for the past five years. Um, it's a very exciting moment for the city of Dubai. It's a celebration of six months. And I think it's exciting to be part of it. Uh, we certainly are developing new programs that are, you know, I think establishing al Circal as a 365 days destination rather than focusing on seasonal elements. I mean, we are very conscious about um, kind of institutions we work with and the kind of artists that uh, we present. I mean, we worked with institutions like Victoria and Albert Museum, Hayward Gallery, Whitechapel from London. But we also, we inaugurated Concrete with, uh, in partnership with Atasi Foundation. 
Damascus-based foundation, uh, but also Samdani Arts Foundation from Bangladesh, for example. And I actually still recall when we, when we inaugurated Concrete, and one of the journalists asked me, why didn't we open with an international show? I said, why Syrian is not international? So these kind of perceptions that you're able to break. And so I think, you know, this kind of work and these kind of programs are important because not only are they important for your local publics, but they end up educating international audiences. And have you felt that they have, what impression have you left on them? Because you've spoken a little bit about decentering, about promoting Global South in many ways, about not fitting all the boxes. So surely you have Western audiences and curators and others that are coming in to consume what you produce. What has been the reaction? Oh, there's a lot in your, in your question. Um, I, I think, like I said, we try to shy away from regionalism. Uh, it could be quiet, uh, quite a dangerous zone there. I mean, what is Global South? And it depends on the kind of discipline that you view it from. Uh, but as, as a term, as a geography, it's quite contested. Um, I just think it's important to perhaps view it. I mean, it's, it's in many ways there is an aspect of dualism. I mean, I think you could even question what is the West today. Because it, it has the same um, contested associations. Sure. You know, so I mean, I, I come I from uh, Eastern Europe, but then <laughs> I'm not considered to be really from the, you know, there, there are a lot Correct. of kind of... It's loaded. Uh, it's loaded. I, I think anytime you say you kind of resort into this particular region, but uh, not to say I think Dubai definitely serves as a conduit for South to South and North to South dialogue. Mm. And that's what really established it as the center uh, for arts and culture, um, not only regionally and not only within Asia, but I think globally. And that's really where our programming always stemmed from. Um, it was always drawing onto that relevance for our publics, but also carrying this aspect of responsibility. Um, and it's Salva Megdadi actually that said once in one of her lectures, who is a well-known a historian and a professor at NYU in Abu Dhabi, uh, if you don't write your own history, someone else will do it for you. And that's what happened with Islamic history of art. And so I think we are conscious that every attempt that we are all making as a collective um, here in Dubai, artistic community, um, will be part of art history. And, and, and you see that change. I think the way the West views this region uh, has evolved drastically in the past decade. Um, I mean, you yourself are on uh, different acquisition committees for museums like Centro Pompidou and same with Abdelmanam al-Sarkal, who serves on um, British Museum. Guggenheim um, is a supporter of uh, Aga Khan as well. So I think, you know, these museums, if you view it, like 10 years ago, didn't have these committees for the Middle East Correct. or parts of Asia. If you look at your tenure at Al-Sirkel, what would you consider kind of a main achievement or something you're particularly proud of? I'm sure you're proud of many things. I think there were quite a few tipping points um, in our evolution as an organization. But I think uh, we don't dwell on these moments. I think 
we're so forward thinking because it's really about what's next. Sure. It's how do we stay relevant? So there is, I, I think it's our integrity. It's our way of thinking. It's the kind of philosophy that we embody as an organization, um, the kind of employer that we become, the kind of uh, institution that we become for artistic producers and practitioners that are based within the city of Dubai, but also the kind of publics that we've been able to engage with. And I think now to see that, you know, where Dubai has evolved as well as the city, I mean, we are now, we've gone beyond this phase of building buildings. We are now focused on sustainability, social aspects that are attached to that sustainability. I think as a city, we have completely different uh, objectives. And, and that's really exciting. That marks a completely new, new chapter for all of us involved, for all of us who are members of this community and the society here. What we are most proud of is that our intent never changed. That literally formed our mandate and our foundation as Lusterkat. And I think people sense that. It was never economic measures. It was never, like I mentioned, seeking some sort of validity. It's really defining your own space and responding to your public through programs and and, and not forgetting your own, but actually um, giving a voice to those that are not given one. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Lighthouse Conversations with me, Hasha Montasser. The episode was produced by Chirac Desai. You can listen to all our episodes for free in your favorite podcast player and on the web at thelighthouse.ae slash podcast.